Well, here we are again, and we're driving through the night. On a beautiful, beautiful night through the forest. Through the rainy typhoon winds. We're enjoying every moment of it. Listening to the music of samurai. Of fighters who have gone on before. They weren't all pagans, you know. Some of them were Christians. There were Christian samurai. Just look at the story of Amakusa Shiro. Of course, they all lost their place as Japanese part of the system, but they found a better system. They found a better Japan. The Japan that is above. And in that last stand, they all died. Prince something led the last Christian group of samurai against the government and they sadly passed on however their spirits, their warrior spirits continue to rage on from heaven, this time with heavenly equipment I mean that's a that's a good group of, of uh, helpers from heaven to have I, I'd say I would definitely want to have them on my side you talk about the blood of the martyrs how about like warrior martyrs they've been training for hundreds of years since the days of um, Saint Xavier Araruda no 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 Prince Xavier Saint Xavier Francis Xavier that's it Francis Xavier was my first spirit helper I remember back when I was just a wee babe a wee new family convert I had um, I met the family in Japan I was at a Jesuit university and uh, at that time I didn't know jack squat but I also knew the bible I did know the bible so it's okay to just know the bible I think but when I met these family people I was like wow you guys know like a lot about everything homeschooling I mean, that's good. That's definitely a good thing. I just met another gentleman today. I was um, spending some time with family. And uh, at this little playground, there's typhoon intermittent showers and wind outside. So just had some time to, to kind of stand there in the indoor playground at this compound. And this elderly man walks up to me with his little grandson... And he's just very humbly and, like, kind of in a very gentlemanly way, just said, oh, where are you from? And it wasn't like this typical, like, oh, you can you speak English? Can I practice my English on you? Um, but he, he sort of seemed a little internationalized or westernized on one hand, but then he also felt to me like a, someone that's a very traditional Asian uh, gentleman, very classy and obviously well-educated. His English was incredibly good. We talked about homeschooling, and uh, turns out this guy was in 1989 at Tiananmen Square. He wasn't there during the day of the incident, but he was like, you couldn't have imagined there were just millions of people in China protesting for democracy. And here's this guy, a Taiwanese gentleman, over there in China, you know, helping to support the pro-democratic uh, protests and uh, and then he went on to I guess he was a polit uh, he studied political science and he taught 
uh, religion study. So he was really interested in the fact. He was like, "You're a missionary? Oh, I'd like to ask you a lot of questions." And he was very. He was Taoist. He wasn't even Christian. I thought he was like kind of almost Christian. He was one of those kind of people. You're like, this guy's probably a Christian. He just doesn't know it yet. I meet a lot of people like that. Can tell that God has their hand has his hand on their lives. So in any case, um, I talked with him about homeschooling. And apparently, his wife is uh, running an alternative education school, and he himself has been promoting homeschooling in this country, which doesn't really do that very much unless you're a foreigner, a white person. Out here, we have opposite racism. We have uh, people like foreigners too much. They're like way too nice to foreigners. They almost prefer foreigners to themselves, which is, I always feel like that's so unfair, but just the way it is. Um, all that to say, it was just a very interesting afternoon, and then I got to talk to um, my mother-in-law, which I shouldn't really say mother-in-law, because she's practically my age. Um, we spoke about uh, just the whole work and uh, Christianity and spiritual warfare. It was just such a good conversation. I, I kind of feel drunk from today. I haven't had any alcohol today, but I feel drunk. I'm not even sure if I should be driving through the mountain in the rain right now. It's quite a dramatic drive. But just to, to get into the spiritual warfare concepts that this lady has experienced in witchcraft and fighting witches and, and is still on a journey as a true mystic in every sense of the word, in the natural sense of the word. Naturally supernatural. I mean, what do you do with people like that? Like they, they've experienced ghosts and they've lived on the mission field or they've just seen it. They've just been they've been out there. How do you how do you talk to those kind of people? Well I I kind of just I feel like I'm almost being tutored or shepherded when I when I meet these kind of people like they they don't just look at you they look into you some people are kind of afraid of that it's just it's the it's the, the realm that we cannot control you know um, but there's just so much out there that we don't understand yet so I kind of just love to get into heaven and know that I don't know I feel like that's almost the most fun part of anything it's like Yep, totally don't know what's going on. Like, when I read the Bible, I know I've, I really actually know the Bible pretty well compared to most people. I'm not like Michael Heiser or some of the guys that Johnny Iron has on his show or a lot of family disciples and maybe some people that went to seminary like technically know the Bible pretty well. But I feel like I really... I can pretty much tell you like the gist of most of the Bible and tell you the parts that I don't know. A lot of those prophets, man, some mysterious stuff. But the more I read the Bible, the more I feel like I don't know the Bible. Like I might know it more than other people, but I really know it enough to know that there is so much there. And it is the holy book and you you just when you start reading the Bible it's like you've just taken your first diving tour into a coral reef. And some people, they don't even take the tour into the Bible. They just kind of like read books about the Bible. They never actually read it for themselves. 
And we don't want to do that. Reading the Bible, getting deep into the Bible, there's just nothing like it. And I just recommend it myself as an American, as the grandson of a pastor. And that's just where I'm, I'm going to take a little break here and, uh, and just have some praise time. Okay, journey continues to the rainy, stormy night. An interesting day. I feel like the world is on fire right now, don't you? Dallas shooting. We had a bombing in Taipei in the subway this morning. I think it's the first one I've ever heard of. Actual bombing. On the same time uh, of this huge typhoon that's rolling through. What are the odds? Sometimes I feel like missionary work is, is more of like spectating. You do share the gospel, but if you're doing it right, you feel like you're, you're resting in the Lord the whole time. And it's so fun. This African missionary, his website, like lots of pictures of nature and just him enjoying Africa and you can tell he just loves Africa he loves the people he loves the nature he loves the challenge it's awesome and then he goes back to America and I'm hearing he's like you know what I can't stand going back to America I just can't stand it I I just want to go back to Africa like right away and you know what that's how I feel about Asia Asia's my land man it's Asia land And if I'm if I'm away from Asian land, I gotta find me some Asians to hang around with, like Pronto. Otherwise, I feel sad. I feel sad and lonely. I mean, I love Jesus and I love being on the planet, but and I love America. You know, I've found that I am really American. The more time I spend outside of America, the more American I realize I am. It's like, wow, this is who I am. Okay, I'm American. I'm okay with that. I'm not like a, a Japanophile who wishes he was Japanese. I respect the Japanese a lot. I still tend to rely on them a lot, too. But in any case, as this um, road continues, in this life that we are heading towards the technotronic age of total deceit, total control of the technocrats over the minds of men, People just willfully giving themselves into total oblivion. You have to be angry at the enemy. You have to be really raging, fighting mad against those that would destroy your family. Those that would smash your sanity. Those who would cause you to live in darkness. There's a movie called Shutter Island. I made a video about it a while ago. but um, if, you, if you watch the movie Shutter Island... And if you're, like, okay with how it ends, then you're, like, a slave. But if you are freaking fighting mad at the end of the movie, you're probably a child of David. You're probably, like, an anti-systemite. To be honest, like, I'm, I know I have the screen 
set to this uh, true leader's fight on what makes a leader being a fighter you know, no no matter what you just don't give up that's what the family is really about it's not about a group how many activators did you get did you get sold it was interesting to hear my brother's testimony my brother in the Lord when he was saying that uh, they went to this certain African town and uh, they were like gosh you know the, the family kids here they're just totally like rotting they're like doing drugs and they're not inspired and and the whole family thing then was just get more activated out you know share activated as if the magazine itself was what's gonna change the world sure it was the gospel but it wasn't the gospel in shoe leather it was just the gospel in a magazine and then some guy trying to sell it to you hoping that you're gonna give him a donation so that he can continue to uh exist in that country and believe me i did that for a while i felt the uninspirationness of doing that i think i get more inspired teaching english and slipping the gospel in and kind of subvertively sharing jesus while i teach english than i ever did just trying to sell people a magazine How, however i will say that the people that are doing that who are inspired by that they get a lot of fruit so don't knock it i'm just saying like there's got to be more you know even the people i know who do just sell the magazine and meet friends and have a nice little bible class once a week or twice a week actually they're also bored they're also like looking at what else can we do i mean taiwan is is pretty okay like it's not like there's babies dying on the streets here they're getting vaccinated taiwan is really the battle of the illuminati against mainstream society against civilization but you go to a country where it's third world you know nightmare hell like nepal or i guess most african countries that's different you know and that's where you really do realize the necessity of education just proper education just typical you know normal education just making sure people can read teaching them some basic math and developing the skills so that they can go on to further their education if they want to become engineers or whatever we need that you know i don't think god is just gonna turn everything on and make everybody just brilliantly smart someday i believe that education is an important thing when it's when it's not infused with like demonic garbage and brainwashing now most of the degrees that you get they're just nothing but brainwashing and uh you know global warming trash and uh learning how to be a slave of the state diversity i actually went to university of miami for a year and a half long enough to find out that it was complete crap and i'm very thankful for my father who was a, an associate violin professor at the university of miami that gave me the opportunity to study for free but i decided to pursue actual you know liberal arts studies and found out pretty quick that wow this is complete trash and i don't i don't have like enough of um an ambitious drive to uh what what do you say you know um to compromise just to get a job and then to retire and to rot away it's like 
I want to do something with my life. I want to change the world. So what you're hearing right now are the desperate ravings of a madman driving through an Asian mountain, listening to his Asian songs, and enjoying every moment of it. Enjoying the fact that we are cutting through the darkness, the lies of the enemy every day. We're winning the war against the Antichrist. You know that we're going to win the war against the globalists and the Antichrist? You know that they're doomed? They're destined to fail? Their whole system will perish. The New World Order will fall. Even as it's rising, you, you see it crumbling. And that's one of the reasons that the Daniel 2 prophecy was about uh, the clay feet. It was like both strong and weak at the same time. It was ready to perish. That's what we're seeing. So don't get too discouraged if you uh, see some, some defeats along the way. All right, I'm going to put on some Bible now. I'm ready for some Bible. I don't know about you, but I want to listen to them shams. I love them shams. Been a while. Thank you, Lord. It's really exciting every day just getting to walk and talk and share and grow and know and sow and do de do. I feel so spoiled every day. You know, even the challenges are blessings, everything, just all of it. It's all so good. So good. All right, let's put some psalms on. Let's listen to some psalms. Let's hear what God has to say. I'm starting from Psalm 11 here. Psalm 11. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain, for lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous. But the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. You can have a fellowship church. You can have something that's, uh, you know, maybe a religious church that's just going through the motions. But if it's one that's registered in heaven, it's going to have the authority to, to conduct legal activity or jurisdiction, uh, jurisdictional authority on the earth. So does that make sense? And so no, a little bit. You've got to know your 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 mandated. Uh, you uh, have that jurisdictional authority. Like a beginning attorney, attorney is not going to rush into the district court because he won't be allowed in there. He's not going to rush into the Supreme Court. In the natural, he won't be allowed to litigate there because he doesn't have the experience. And so we gain our history. What Ian Clayton talks about, we gain a history in the courtroom of heaven. Ian Clayton says that he goes into the courts twenty to eighty times a day. So to me, it's not that number of mouth that's really important. It's his purity and holiness that he doesn't have to repent every time he goes of a huge list of everything that. But him and his generation, since he's cleansed, he's pure. So he can go in two or three minutes, get done what a lot of us takes hours to do. Uh, most of our court cases we do for people, it takes two to three hours. 
So we have to go through everything in the generations, everything in their personal sin, repent, 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 repent. That's the biggest time-consuming part of our courtroom litigation is repentance. You're going to love repentance, you know, so get used to it. Uh, God, the judge of all, the righteous judge, uh, functioning legally differently than the Father. Uh, so what is happening there? God does not override his uh, uh, ability to be a father uh, to be a judge. Now, if there's a legal place uh, or legal or legal. Okay, well, that's some interesting stuff there. Just checking out the latest on the court system of heaven. Hmm, chocolate cake. My favorite. 60 to 80 times a day. Oh my gosh. But, I mean, that's kind of like saying you take communion with every meal. You can't be consciously, consciously every moment, every second, taking communion whenever you're eating a bite of food unless you're just so trained and so spiritual and so detached from everything around you. I mean, you still gotta, you still gotta live on the earth just a little bit. But I think by faith, you could claim every meal. When everybody, whenever you think about it, whenever somebody asks you, you're like, yeah, I'm taking communion. By faith, you could be accessing the court 60 to 80 times a day. Why not? Just by faith. Let's do it right now. Let's go to the court. Okay? Why not? Who's going to stop me? Huh? There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm, I'm excited about this information because... I grew up in the Basham family. I was trained in the family family. And now it's like the world is uh, kind of ending. It's like really ending. Things are over. Things are finishing. And it's about time we uh, take seriously some of this spiritual warfare business. Because it is a business. You know, you do it. God takes care of you. He will protect you. He will provide for you everything that you need everything and by everything I do mean food and clothing but you know everything will be provided by heaven if you put the kingdom first God will take care of you so then what is the kingdom if it's just passing out tracts to you then that's fine if it's uh, telling people that the earth is flat well that's your bag it's not my bag but um, there's a lot more to the kingdom than what the church has told us. That's what I understand. And there's a lot of prayer warfare that we can engage in that goes way beyond anything I ever grew up hearing. So I guess that's, that's what I'm after is like, what is the kingdom? What can we do to extend the kingdom? I spend all of my weekends with a family, with uh, teenagers and uh, young kids and uh, seasoned missionary warriors and I feel completed when I'm in that situation I feel like I am among my element I feel like that is where I belong and I notice that there's a lot of warfare around that but I also notice that there's just um, a sense of the kingdom of God of, of real village atmosphere but government I guess you could say even if it's sometimes not completely aligned perfect holy doctrine first Unitarian Church of Jesus Christ doctrinally perfectly clean cut 
family, there's a part of me that almost just wants to stay away from that kind of thing. Like, Christians, when they think that they're perfect, you know, just take a few steps away from those kind of people because those are the ones that usually you end up in a mess with. Like, when they screw up, they really screw up. No offense if, you know, if you're a church Christian, but I I feel so, so much danger around, like, holier-than-thou church Christians. When I'm with real humans that are down-to-earth, full of their own stuff, at least they're, they're trying to overcome it, but they're just so human. Like the Peters, you know, like... Jesus did not elect Paul to be the the head of the church. He elected Peter. And you know what? Paul, I don't know how right Paul was in cutting all ties with Peter. In fact, I, I tend to disagree with Paul a little bit. That I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Because he was saying that we ought to uh, give place to the Jews. And sure, disagree with him, but... But, like, really? Like, cut off ties with them? Like, is that really what you want to do? I guess they were both such strong personalities. And when you get around people like that, it's easy to just... We will never talk again, blah, blah, blah. I'm okay with doing that if it's not a believer. Like, I've had some some run-ins with non-Christians. And I've just been like, you know what? I'm not going to mess with you anymore. Because you're obviously a detriment to my life. Like, goodbye. But if it's a if it's a Christian, if it's somebody that's following Jesus and doing their best and they screw up and I'm mad at them, I won't shut off the relationship. I'll just maybe like give them some some space for a while and see what happens over a period of time. And um anyway, yeah, we're we're still fighting a battle. It's well, we're we're gonna win. That's why I really do, I, I appreciate these courtroom of, of uh, heaven doctrinal things. I think that's something that, that is very worthwhile. Very, very good to uh, take into account. Is um, I mean, I was just talking to this, um, this Christian missionary about generational curses. And could a witch have put a curse on me? Like, do you feel like a witch put a curse on, a curse on you? Well, if you do, it's best just to pray against it and just smash it up in the name of Jesus. But if you're not sure, you know, not to live in fear about it. You know, don't don't let the enemy uh, dominate your your peace. Don't let him tell you what to do. We're meant to command the angels, and you know what? The enemy is a fallen angel. You can command him to leave you alone. So that's one of the cool things about being Christian that I really revel in is commanding the devil. He's just he just doesn't want to obey, but actually his job from the beginning was to obey you. So you take the authority, you have the authority to command the powers of heaven. I mean the equivalent power of that is like telling a solar system to move somewhere else. It's kind of a big deal. You know, I don't think we really take into account exactly how amazing it is that we can command heaven. That's awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. So anyway, I'm I'm going on so many tangents right now. I'm kind of distracted, focused on the road. I was going to try to play some psalms earlier, but I've got a phone call. I'm going to go meet some missionaries right now. I don't know what it is with missionaries, but I feel so blessed to be 
surrounded by these kind of people. It's just awesome. I feel so thankful. And um, I'd, I'd like to extend the hand out to others. You know, there's just quite a few positions available right now. Let's put it this way. Everybody quit. There's like almost nobody doing it anymore. Anybody out there want to go to Africa? Anybody want to go to Nepal? Anybody want to come into come to, to Taiwan and teach English and get established and then and then get ready to go to other countries or, or even just move to Nepal for, full time? But Taiwan's a good stepping stone. It's a good platform to, to do that. Um, it's just, there's so much happening right now. My head is still spinning from last night, to be honest. There's still so much going on. So praise God, you know, we're going to win the battle. Can't wait. Can't wait for the enemy to just be gone for good. (laughs) Love this family art. How many times have you seen Jesus wearing a Santa Claus costume? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Is that even okay? (laughs) Wow. That's one reason I love the family. (laughs) They did it. They didn't seem to even think about it. They're like, well, of course Jesus would wear a Santa Claus costume. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not stuck in the past because I'm stuck in the past. I'm stuck in the past because I think the past is the future. The future is the past. The future is going to be the past repeating itself in a lot of ways. I had a brother write an article about the family and he put a Photoshop image of me with Karen Zerby. I was just like, I am receiving reports from people who are talking about a revival of the family getting back to the very old days and you know what I think that would kind of please everybody because everybody's mad at what happened after the old days they're like why did you get all these revelations and this weird stuff and what happened and um, but nobody seems to really mind the original family like the only people that really hated the original family were the original enemies of the family they were like these Christians they might not even believe in having sex outside of marriage or drinking alcohol or um, a million other things that they believed in later but they encourage young people to drop out of school and so therefore they are bad so don't listen to them they're very bad 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 church good family bad And so right from the beginning, the enemy was fighting the family, which kind of makes me trust it a little more. And then towards the end, of course, they were fighting it so bloody heavy. I mean, they were just going into the deepest warfare battles against the family. And to this day, you know, the family's still fighting on. I mean, I don't think they, they are gloating yet. I've never seen the enemy gloat over the death of the family. Like, it's just... The family's trying to play possum right now. But there might actually be a revival, you know? There might actually be another move of the Spirit that would indicate that God is not done with fringe Christians, fringe missionarians. I wouldn't be surprised. So I do I do tend to pay attention to the past. I think that the future will, in many ways, kind of like a remake of Star Trek, like you see the, the new Enterprise and the new... Um, 
like superb streamlined cast and acting and writer writing and everything. It's just it's a cool movie. Star Trek's really awesome. Did the new Star Trek come out yet? I, I want to see that. I hope that comes out soon. That'd be fun to watch. The new Star Wars, I was kind of disappointed. I didn't really get much from that. But um, I really think that, that God operates amongst homeschoolers, amongst uh, fringe Christians, people who don't give a good goddamn about what the world thinks about them. Witnesses, you know, prayer warriors, people who are crazy faith Christians who just couldn't care less about what anybody thinks. Those are my family. So I'm I'm still looking for more of them, you know? I hope God's still thinking about making more of them because those are the kind that I really tend to like the most. So if you ever meet a Christian like that, just let me know. We'll be right here at 555-BASHAM. Just call 555-BASHAM. Actually, don't, because I have no idea what that what that phone number is. But anyway, I got a park now, so it was fun. It was fun sharing the journey. I hope you have a blessed night. I, for one, am not going to take being a sitting duck no more. And am looking forward to what God is going to do in the future. So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may you... Always follow him and produce lots and lots of fruit. Because that's what this is all about. Let's produce some fruit. <laughs> <laughs>